we are episode two of the Critically Casual podcast. I'm Nell. And I'm John. But first, follow-up. So just some minor corrections from our Joker topic last week. So I actually saw the Joker in event cinema, not village cinemas. Big difference. Super important to get that right. I also just wanted to reiterate that I did actually like the film because I was quite critical of it and Nelson was more positive on it than I was. So it might have sounded like I, I did, but I did actually like it. Regarding Pokemon Sword and Shield, just in case it wasn't clear, we actually recorded the episode before Pokemon Sword and Shield was released. Which might put some context on it since it's being released after the game's release. Quite a bit after then. <laughs> Due to factors outside of our control. Because I was editing it and I was also sick, which you could tell in the recording as well. <laughs> well, now's not, time, not the time to make excuses. Yeah. Yeah, I should have done it during the episode. <laughs> the Pokemon image showing all the cut Pokemon wasn't entirely accurate at the time. Yeah. It got the gist across. It was still like 60% of Pokemon cut or something crazy like that. Eh? Yeah. Only 400 Pokemon are in the current Pokedex, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, there's a few more models that have been found available to catch in the game. And we can also quickly touch on the hackers that are doing a great job of putting the missing Pokemon back into the game with relative ease. This is what I read on the Reddit. So they're taking the Pokemon from Pokemon Let's Go, Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu. That's where mm -hmm. they're getting the models and animations from. That's why they're having quite an easy time dumping it into Sword and Shield. Yeah, and of course that, that's another Switch title, so... Yeah. perhaps that's easier than getting the DS and the 3DS 3D models um, and putting those into the game. So that's going to be the big challenge. I don't think you can just rip out those assets and stick them directly in. You'd probably need to change the format and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, at that point, it might be easier to just create their own assets for Pokemon. Who knows? Which might be a bit too ridiculous. So. But this is the exciting thing. It's to kind of see... Um, where Game Freak's statements about uh, developing the game kind of fall apart. Because if hackers and modders are able to get all this stuff into the game with relative ease, unpaid, then it's not a very good look for Game Freak and their statements about cutting development costs here and there for other factors of the game. Well, that was one of the bizarre decisions. It was strange that it includes the, the first 150, well, all the Pokemon from Let's Go, yeah, I, I expected that actually. Into it because they already had the assets, they already had all the move sets and stuff. Could have just transferred it across. I'm not saying it wouldn't have been any work, but it would have been significantly less work. And they probably yeah. did that for other Pokemon. I was actually very surprised that um, they did cut stuff from Generation One because of the the nostalgic pull that those Pokemon have. But yeah, you know, they stuck to their guns and they cut Pokemon from Gen One. Obviously, not Pikachu and Charizard, but they're money makers. Yes. I think in that case, it would have made sense to have them to be the post-game bonus, basically. Like something you unlock at the end? Yeah. Jim Sterling had an interesting point. This should have been a hard reboot. They should have just had no Pokemon at all come back from previous generations and just had like a new 151. Yeah, they did do this with Black and White, um, where the main game, at least, didn't have any of the previous Pokemon. It was its own generation. Uh, with 150 new Pokemon. And, um, you know, it was slammed at the time because everything up to that point had all of them. But now that people are looking back on black and white, they're, you know, seeing the value of that and um, letting new Pokemon shine and come through. Anyway, 
Yep, that's all the follow-up we've got. That concludes follow-up. I'm sure we'll have plenty more mistakes in the future to the correct. What do we want to talk about today? We were going to talk about some movie trailers. Sounds good to me. So we're talking about the final Star Wars Riders of Skywalker trailer, the new Sonic trailer where they've fixed Sonic, and by the intonation of my voice, you should know that I did quotation marks with my hands, uh, and Cats trailer too. Where they did not fix the cats. <laughs> no, no. Anyway, let's start with Rise of Skywalker. There's not yep. long to go. And for those who haven't seen it, link will be in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, this trailer came out a few weeks ago, and let's give our thoughts. Do you want to start? Um, sh- shall we just give like a brief history of our relation to the franchise? Absolutely. Yeah. So Star Wars is one of my favorite pieces of media. I really loved the original trilogy. I read a lot of the expanded source materials as a kid. I love Knights of the Old Republic, the video game. So I'm pretty heavily invested in the franchise of Star Wars until The Last Jedi came out. And then I'm kind of like, yeah, whatever happens to this franchise. (laughs) So you're indifferent. Yeah, I came from being a a fanboy and now I'm more or less indifferent. Oh, that sucks to hear. Yeah. I mean, all right, let me let me talk talk about why another time. Exactly. Yeah. We want to keep it focused on the trailer today, but yeah. Exactly. So, I'm not super excited for Rise of Skywalker, but I'm definitely going to go see it. Yeah. It's the final I'm one in the same bit there. It's like a captain for it. So. With you there, John. I'm, uh, I'm also indifferent. So I'll start at the end. I'm also indifferent, but the reason is I'm not like a mega Star Wars fan. I watched the original trilogy, really enjoyed it. And I, I think. I watched the prequel trilogy, but I can't remember when. Definitely not in cinema. Yeah, but I remember seeing snippets of it, and I remember parts of it, something... Do you remember something about hating sand? Uh, yeah, but only because I've looked at the memes, and uh, it's just popped up in so much meme culture, yeah, that I have revisited it. I think that's one of the good things about the prequel trilogy, is they kind of justified their existence by all the mockery and parody that they created. My relationship with the franchise, I'm just, uh, I enjoyed the movies. Not a mega fanboy. I haven't consumed any of the extended universe media and the extent of the video games. I think I only play Jedi Academy. Is that the one where you're like, you just run around spamming force moves and. Yeah, Jedi Academy was really good. Yeah, I really enjoyed that, especially when you got to choose light or dark. That was really cool. Anyway, so that's, uh, I'm kind of like the casual in this situation. It's going to be the inverse of Pokemon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll talk about Star Wars as a franchise later on. Let's talk about the trailer. Oh yeah, that's going to be a full episode, I think, talk about the franchise, even though I'm not a hardcore fan. So how does this trailer make you feel about seeing Rise of Skywalker? Um, I think I've already decided that I'm going to see it, so it doesn't change my mind in that regard, but I'm still... But your enthusiasm to see it? I'm I'm more confused now than I was before. I mean, at the end of... Even going into this, I was like, what's the story going to be about? But as more trailers came out, I'm like, I'm not even sure that they know what the story is about now. <laughs> so 
I'm wondering, going into a movie that I'm going to pay money for, what am I in for? That's kind of where I am. I'm like, I don't know what kind of story I'm going to be watching. I hope I'm going to enjoy it, but I'm mainly going to see it just because I want to see what's going to happen. Yeah. And that's the only pull for me. I'm not particularly excited. In fact, this trailer made me less excited to see it. I really oh, liked no. the first trailer. I thought that was really great. And everyone seemed really down on it. Everyone that I heard talking about it. But I actually really enjoyed the first trailer. By first trailer, do you mean the one where she's in the desert? Um, yeah, she, the does, desert? she does the cool flip over the TIE fighter. Even like The scene doesn't make sense, but, you know, rule of cool. In fact, that's pretty much the only scene I remember from that trailer. <laughs> I think that was the trailer, wasn't it? Cup tries to laugh at the end. And then I think there was another trailer in between, but that was totally forgettable. This trailer raised a lot of concerns because it showed a lot of different environments. And I'm like, how long is this film going to be? Yeah, one of the concerns is like they're, they're spread too thin in the movie because they've basically had two previous movies to set up the characters and they kind of haven't done a whole lot of that. Yeah. So they might have to rush a lot of stuff in this one. Yeah. Look, well, The Last Jedi really, it kind of cut off everything that's that was set up in... I keep wanting to say The Next Hope or something like that. Um, <laughs> Force Awakens. Force Awakens, yeah. <laughs> the Next Hope. Because <laughs> it was, it was, it was... First hope, two or whatever. Um, <laughs> new hope. To... Oh god. Oh wow. So this is how casual I am. Um, please cut that. Anyway. <laughs> no, that's a in. <laughs> shame must live on. Yeah. So the last Jedi kind of stopped the trilogy in its tracks, and anything that happens in this movie is going to have to be set up in this movie, and it's going to have to conclude in this movie. That's the only way I see it. Yeah. Well, J.J. Abrams initially had a plan for how the trilogy would go. And The Last Jedi, when uh, Ryan Johnson took over, he, he was like, no, I don't want to do any of that. And so he was given permission to like do his own thing. Yes. And I think they also had intentions to have Leia be, I think Ryan Johnson wanted Leia to have a big role in the third film. And then unfortunately she passed away. Mm. So that really messed up things. Yeah, absolutely. Very unfortunate. But um, in terms of like the story planning itself, it didn't really leave much room for the third movie to go anywhere. Just like the way The Last Jedi ended, I was like, where can they take this now? How can this be a a satisfying ending? (laughs) Yeah. Mm. And also, there's been this consistent problem with the new trilogy where you don't understand like how the movies have started off here, how they got to this point. Because mm-hmm. they randomly introduced the Resistance and the First Order in The Force Awakens, and that was just like a new empire and new rebel. And then, and there was also the New Republic, and like the political situation didn't make any sense at all. And then in the second movie, presumably some time passed between the first movie and the second. And yeah, like how how did the First Order get way more powerful than the Resistance? Yeah, like there's I don't a lot want to get holes. too too bogged down in the Last Jedi, but I'm worried that the same thing will happen in the third one, where we'll start off at a point where we're not sure how we got there from the previous film. Yeah, and I think you and I can both agree that there were a lot of plot holes in the first two 
yeah. of this trilogy. But considering JJ is making this film, it, it, it should be a self-contained film. Anyway, this is my philosophy on trilogies in any case. The trailer didn't really show any kind of story elements. Like, I don't know what the stakes are. I don't know what the characters are fighting for. Yeah. I mean, you know you're in, they're in conflict, but you don't know yes. yet, beyond them continuing the, to fight each other what they're after. And what this means for the universe, the galaxy. And um, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that in a trailer because I actually prefer to see films knowing as little as possible. And so I think this time they've actually done a pretty good job of showing almost nothing but still making visually interesting trailers. Yeah, I was going to say that's not entirely true because we've seen so many elements, so many uh, scenes of planets and yeah, but so many Yeah, how do they all fit together? Star Destroyers. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's it's hard to see. They've given us a bunch of jigsaw pieces that you could arrange in any kind of fashion. And presumably there's like some false images there and stuff as well, uh, like some false scenes or scenes that just ended up on the cutting room floor. Hmm. So Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see uh, when it releases how many of these scenes actually make it in and in what context they uh, end up being in there. Yeah. One thing that I wanted to see was the Dark Ray reveal. I think that was in the first trailer. Yeah. And I, I wanted to see a bit more of that. the first or the second trailer. And I think that's going to be a red herring. Absolutely. Is my um, prediction as well. I really hope that it's just not in the film at all because that foldable lightsaber is really dumb, just like foldable phones. <laughs> Actually, the, the new Razor phone looks kind of interesting, but that's not what we're talking about. Anyway, what things did you like in the trailer? Oof. I like that there was a training scene, like right at the start, you know, Ray in the jungle running around, uh, actually training. But I feel like that should have yeah, been probably the first be. movie. <laughs> yeah, because we knew she was, you know, a competent mechanic, a competent pilot, but she yes. just managed to randomly be competent in the force as well for no reason. Yes, and this was. Those other skills, presumably, she would have gained that through surviving on that planet for so long. Yeah, and I think you and I spoke about the um, Force Awakens as well, as we did with the Last Jedi, but didn't record any of it. But um, yeah, we were kind of like, how did she get all these powers all of a sudden and master them? But I did enjoy, well, I did like that there was an, a training scene. I think it's a bit late, but it's you know nice to see. Cinematography was fine as well. Generally, the cin- cinematography of the new trilogy has been pretty good, pretty on point. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Like, The Last Jedi is a beautiful movie if you ignore plot. Yeah, exactly. And character development. So if you ignore, like, most of the movie, it's it's a fantastic movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you? What did you like about the trailer? I have already forgotten most of it. So, and I watched it, like, five minutes before we started it as well. <laughs> <laughs> I liked, you know, Kylo Ren showed up. Oh, yeah. It looks like an interesting fight scene on top of the semi-submerged ship. Yeah. I've read that that's the um, destroyed Starbase killer. I'm not sure. Oh. I thought it was... I thought it looked like the top bit of a Star Destroyer. But Yeah. I also heard someone mention that it was like the Tantive Four, which was the blockade runner from the first movie. Yeah. You're stretching me now, but... It's, uh, I don't think it's so important what the ship is, but anyway. That does sound like something uh, J.J. Abrams would do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
but that looked like a cool scene. But overall, nothing really stood out to me that was positive. What about the um, space horses? Uh, I, hate, I hate the space horses so much. <laughs> I didn't even know there were space horses. Like, apart from the ones that um, Rose and Finn freed in The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I had erased that from because I hate the, that whole planet scene so yeah. much. All the scenes on that planet are terrible. Yeah. I think uh, a lot of people would agree with you. But yeah, this whole the whole space horse thing is is confusing. Is it is that canon? So they have, you know, different animals, but I would like them to be more alien than just a horse in space. It just seems lazy. Because in the original trilogy, we got the Tauntauns. They were cool. Well, yeah, they were also on a planet with an atmosphere and gravity. Yeah, they, they were on yeah Hoth, which was a nice planet. Mm. There was like a there was a variety of creatures, and that was interesting. Whereas this, we haven't really seen many new real alien creatures that feel you know different. And obviously, when they're inventing creatures, they take like inspiration from the real world. But it's a bit too much. They look way too much like oh hairy horses, I guess. They're Wookiee horses? No idea. They're just hairy horses. And that, that annoyed me. And then the other scene, which other people are kind of losing their minds over, I saw, I think people generally feel, I'm not sure whether positive is the right word, but they don't seem to mind it, where this one really annoys me. Where C-3PO is like, oh, I just want to look at my friends for the last time. And it kind of implies he's dying and stuff. And it's like, I just don't care. You know? We have BB-8 which is now. a terrible thing. We don't need you, C-3PO. You should have died in the first movie. Uh-oh. There may be people with an issue with that. But yeah. he is a staple of the series. and um, Yeah. I mean, he's iconic, for sure. But... Yeah. I mean, as personal feelings aside, I think that the fact that they're using C-3PO in that way is kind of manipulative. I don't know. I don't, I don't feel good about it. Well, it, what interests me more is what causes them to get into that spot where C-3PO has to... I hear that his memory is going to be erased or something like that. And uh, I'm wondering what causes them to be in that situation. It's not like he's getting blown up by the enemy. It seems like a kind of voluntary thing. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of plot threads going on. And they have too many to deal with already from the previous films, so... It's just, yeah, one of those things that kind of raises alarms that this is not going to be great. Yeah. Also, test audience don't, don't seem very happy with. Right. Yeah, well, we can talk about those. I think they're um, rumors at the moment, but uh, yeah, yeah. Certainly Disney wouldn't come out and confirm anything like that because the reporting uh, or the rumor reporting is that the test audiences did not like the film. Yeah. Summary of the trailer. Meh. The first trailer was better. I'm kind of also meh, but because all of the trailers were kind of the same for me, <laughs> I didn't really... Oh, I forgot. Space motorbikes. What the f***? But they're on a planet. Yeah, but they have hover bikes and stuff. Yeah, we've already established that there are... Introducing something pod... archaic in a, in a very odd way. Just like the space horses, right? It would have been nice to see like an upgraded speeder bike design or something. So I'll go see Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Nothing's going to stop that. But Yeah, and we will talk about it after the movies uh, come out. All right, next thing 
on the list is the new Sonic the Hedgehog trailer, where they have fixed Sonic's design. Yeah, this was a new trailer in response to the first trailer, where a lot of people gave very uh, negative feedback on the design of Sonic. What I would say, the uncanny valley, he came from that side of town. weird teeth. Weird. Yeah, just a bit too human-like, in my opinion. And this trailer's a fixed design. It's funny, by giving him a more human-style feature, it actually made him more monstrous. Oh, do you mean the first trailer? Yeah. Right. It was certainly not appealing, which I think his character is meant to be. (laughs) So that was a big F in my book. Yeah, that was that was nightmare fuel. Yeah, that was definitely scary. In this new trailer, the link will be in the show notes. Well, right. Before before we jump into discussing the new trailer, shall we talk about our history with Sonic? Yeah, yeah, I can do that very quickly on my end. I have no not history. really played <laughs> the games. I think I um, have watched friends play it back when uh, the SNES was around. I haven't played the games myself, and I haven't followed the franchise at all. Basically, that's me in a nutshell with Sonic. I don't think I've ever finished a Sonic game, but I've played a lot of them. So I played Sonic 1, 2, 3, Sonic and Knuckles. Sonic 3 with Sonic and Knuckles was really interesting because you put the Sonic and Knuckles cartridge into the Sonic 3 cartridge, like as an expansion thing, which was always really interesting to me. I I really liked that little fact. And then I played Sonic on the Wii, which was weird because it was kind of Sonic on rails. Mm. Uh, Sonic didn't transition well to 3D. I did play a bit of Sonic Generations, but I didn't finish that one either, which was kind of a mixture of old Sonic and new Sonic. And then I think that's it for my history with Sonic. I I was never super into him. I don't know. It kind of sounds like you were pretty... This is also surprising to me because I've never heard you talk about the franchise. So are you like a mega fan or do you kind of no, just no. play it's the just games? just like casually playing the games and because I never finished any of them. A couple of them I might have gotten towards the end, but even then I didn't. I wasn't really compelled to complete it. I mostly played it on the Wii because it was one of the three games I had and I had finished Zelda already. So I was like, might as well play Sonic and the Secret Rings or whatever it was called. And there was a weird... There's like a weird genie story going on with that. Yeah, it was kind of a strange thing. And then Sonic Generations was interesting because that was them going back to, well, at least half the game was going back to the original style. And so I thought I'd see what that's like. I haven't really played Sonic since. I kind of like kept track of what has been released, but I haven't really played it. I think you've played enough of it to kind of get an idea of the franchise. I definitely have some nostalgic connection to to the Sonic series. It's definitely much more of a casual connection. Okay, and I'm I'm the absolute outsider uh, coming into this because I've seen it. It doesn't have that nostalgia hit for me, but uh, I'm aware that others are into Sonic and didn't grow up with it or anything like that. So this is I'm very much an outsider looking at it, um, looking at the Sonic movie trailer. So, are you interested in seeing Sonic the Hedgehog in 2020? I am interested only because of Jim Carrey. (laughs) This is the only reason I want to see this movie, because he looks so good in this movie. And he's just classic Jim Carrey. Um, I can appreciate the new design. I think it looks a lot better than the first design. But that's not the reason why I want to see the movie. The only pull for me would be to see Jim Carrey on the big screen again. 
the funny thing is, I agree the new Sonic looks a lot better, but it also makes me a lot less interested in seeing this film now. <laughs> You're hoping to see a train wreck. Horror that was the previous Sonic the Hedgehog. Because <laughs> I know this movie is going to be a dumpster fire, and I wanted to see it at its worst. Oh, but, really? Yeah, so... it was. It, it seemed like it'd be a fun movie to go and mock. It looks pretty boring. So which part of it is the dumpster fire part? Well, in general, Sonic hasn't had like a good run of it since the Super Nintendo era. A lot of successes in Sonic's path to the modern world. And I think part of it's just he's such a 90s character, this 90s version of cool that they're going for. And ultimately, you know, it really seems much more of a children's film than a family film in the way they're targeting it. Well, hold up, hold up. Isn't that the same thing? No, I think family-friendly films are a bit different because I think their appeal is broader. Like, I'd classify a lot of Pixar's films as family-friendly, not kids' films. The only reason I would disagree there is because in the first trailer, we got a look at the government um, aspect of it. And, like, what kid wants to watch a film with, like, a government big baddie? Yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't know if that makes it family friendly, but it's more like adult ish that they've gone for the. I mean, uh, it's probably more of an adult theme. Plot. Yeah. But I think if you watch the film, it's not going to really be all that interesting. It's just, you know, the bad guy is bad. I don't think you're going to see like a complex analysis of the military industrial complex or anything. No, no, and I don't think anyone wants that in a Sonic movie anyway, or like in a video game remake so this is my question is there a plot in the games is there like a storyline with i don't know (laughs) right this is exactly what i was thinking so dr robotnik or dr eggman seems to kidnap animals and turn them into robots for reasons and so whenever you destroy a robot like a little animal escapes so that seems to be what you're doing i guess i don't know hmm it was never clear to me, and I didn't really care. Yeah, and that's why it's a bit strange as an outsider who has no information or no not the plot of the games. I assumed that the games had plot. It might have been in the booklets in the first thing. Okay. Later on, they did have plots, but I don't think they were worth remembering because I definitely don't remember any of them. And then this movie trailer comes out where it's got this um, Sonic's an alien and the government's interested in stealing his technology and that kind of plot. And I'm just kind of left thinking, is this legit? Is this what the games are about? Yeah. Exactly. And that's my guess as well, which makes me not terribly interested in the plot. It seems a bit contrived. Yeah. That's kind of my take on the storyline, at least. And that storyline has no pull for me. I take it your positive for the trailer is just Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey? Yep, pretty much. The Sonic character, not incredibly thrilled or excited. I can see why fans um, appreciate the new trailer. And I, I can commend the studio for doing that, for putting in the effort. But again, the pull for me is not Sonic. And it's got no nostalgic pull for me. It's more the performance of basically Jim Carrey <laughs> that I would be looking forward to. I might see it when it pops up on the streaming service, but I probably won't see it in the theater. A reason I would go to see it in the theater is because of the effort they put in. Yeah, I do feel kind of bad for 
the animators who had to basically reanimate a whole movie. Again, kudos and good job. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I want to see the movie particularly. Like, I don't need to see it on release day. Um, I probably don't even need to see it on the screen. But if, if you know, a friend asked me, uh, do you Sonic movie? I'll probably say, okay, sure. All right. Well, that covers Sonic. Let's move on to Cats. Let's talk about our history with Cats. I got no history with Cats. Done. What history? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, I like musicals and... I'm aware that there's a musical called Cats, and I believe it's Andrew Lloyd Webber. He did Phantom of the Opera. Okay. Les Miserables. Yep. A lot of accusations of plagiarism, apparently. I'm just on the Wikipedia page. Well, that's cheating if you're on Wiki. So basically, any musical you've ever heard probably had something to do with it, because he has a lot of credits here. Right. So I have heard that the musical is very good. It's um, one of the longest-running a musical or was for the longest time and it's critically acclaimed i haven't seen it myself and i would call myself a kind of theater musical fan i do like my music but i haven't seen cats i don't know what the plot is there's someone called mr mistopheles and there's something called jellicles what are jellicles you say i don't know i guess people watching the movie will find out right trailer number two this trailer was a lot better than the first one, in my opinion, because it kind of explained a little bit about the plot. There's Judy Dench's character saying that the um, one cat will be chosen to have a new life. And I don't know what that specifically means for these cats and what significance that has for the cats, but it, it basically sets up a competition kind of plot. And I know or I can guess now why all these cats are trying to do weird performances and acts. Yeah, and I can kind of guess at what's going to happen. And that's a lot more than I knew from the musical. So, you know, I can appreciate that they're trying to put in a bit more for the normies, like the people who don't know about the cats. This is kind of the trailer to say, okay, this is a competition and there's going to be a whole bunch of cats performing, probably singing, probably dancing. and um, this is what the movie's going to be about. So I, you know, I enjoyed this trailer more than the first one. Do the cats look better? They haven't changed the designs at all, but they look exactly the same. And um, to some people, that's really creepy. To me, I'm not so creeped out by it. I don't get that Uncanny Valley feeling, but they're also not appealing in any way to me. It's just, they look like they've been deep fake. Yeah, it looks like there's just been an Instagram filter put over them. So I actually preferred the first trailer because in the second trailer, their designs creep me out a lot more. <laughs> I don't know why, because like you said, the design didn't really change, but I think the scenes they showed did give me a bit more of that Uncanny Valley feeling. And I did have like a general sense of my first Cats trailer, but yeah, the second one creeped me out a lot more. Even though it didn't really have anything different, right? Yeah. So that's the thing. Is I can't work out why that's the case, but... This one definitely left me way more uneasy. I think they showed uh, different scenes where they were moving around a bit more and some of the movements were very odd to see. Mm. I was about to say they were very inhuman, but obviously they're inhuman. They're like cat-human hybrid things. So Yeah, see, that was the opposite for me. I don't know why that didn't evoke any kind of disgust reaction in me. Maybe I, I just like see past that and try to look at 
um, trying to figure out the story and what's going on. But yeah, that didn't phase me at all. Yeah, I don't mind not knowing about the story. As I said before, I prefer going into the film kind of knowing as little as possible. I knew it was a musical and I really liked the performance in the first trailer. The song? Uh, Jennifer Hudson, I believe, the performer. Yeah. Yep. And she has a fantastic voice. So. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. The music's going to be fine. The, the um, singing is probably also going to be fine. Did the trailer make you want to watch the movie? Not really. Like, the first one kind of made me want to watch the film. And I'll probably go see it because I don't think I'll ever go see a live performance of Cats, unfortunately. So. Well, yeah, they never really come around town, do they? And also, the cost of a movie ticket is way cheaper. So, I was probably always going to see this film. Interesting. I am kind of getting that creepy feeling that other people have had. So, I might have to think about it a bit more. Just go in there with a motion sickness pill beforehand. I don't, th- I don't think it makes me that uneasy. And you know what? If it turns out to be a horrible disaster, I'm kind of there for that as well. Because I don't, I don't yeah. mind watching a bad film. As long as it's... Oh, yeah, we know. We watched Suicide Squad together. Yeah, the problem was the Suicide Squad was not an interesting film. And the only way I got any enjoyment out of that is because I was doing commentary live commentary for you guys throughout the whole film. <laughs> Too much of the rest of the audience's We're chagrin. in an empty theatre. Apparently the rest of Bulgaria... I don't even remember. See that Anyhow, we can talk about Suicide Squad another time. But um, cats. I'll probably go see it. But yeah, so, this trailer not particularly effective. Yeah. So for me, the second trailer um, drums up a little bit more interest, only because it reveals a bit more story but i still don't want to see the movie like even if it is a dumpster fire i don't want to spend time watching it i don't need to watch this one even if it is the performance like the same songs from the musical i think i'd prefer to watch the original uh, rather than this kind of this hollywoodization basically i don't want them to to start doing all of the musicals on broadway and ruin them so i don't want to support this film well what did you think about Les the film adaptation of that because you you enjoyed that right uh the film i thought it was okay i, I have seen lemis in theater as well and i thought the theater version was better not because of any of the performances or anything but just the i don't know it was so it felt very commercial i guess and it is a hollywood thing i can't really see that was not my problem with it for me, the production felt a bit inconsistent. Like some scenes felt really cheap and other scenes looked good. So the cinematography was just too inconsistent for me. I went and saw it with my aunt, who's professionally opera trained. And she hated it because Les Mis is her favorite musical. Well, they hired actors or they casted actors that didn't really, they're not trained in um, singing, are they? Yeah. Like, Hugh Jackman, he's kind of a show tune singer, and that role is apparently quite demanding. But performance-wise, I thought, like, mostly it was quite good. Like, Master of the House was, you know, a really fun track, but we're getting way off track. Yeah, yeah. If we bring this back to Cats, they're kind of doing the same thing where they're putting in as many household names as they can. And my concern there is that the performances, the singing, if it's done by those actors, then it might not sound well, it won't sound as good as the, the Broadway version. In fact, it might be auto-tuned, and that's... I don't think so, because they are hiring a lot of famous people, but they're mostly people who have done singing roles before. Because James Corden is in it, 
and Taylor Swift, Ashley don't know how good it is. Jennifer Hudson is definitely a fantastic singer. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. There is talent there, but you know, uh, I kind of feel like I want to see the original or hear the original performances without the fursuits. You do realize they literally wear suits in the musical. Oh, right, I'll correct that. CG without shoots. the um the Instagram filter. Yeah, I would much prefer actually if they didn't have the filters on. I think because then I could actually see who's who. It's not so obvious to me which actor is playing which cat. Okay, some of them, yes, but the lesser known actors, I'd like to see their faces. I think it's good that they're doing this because I don't think I'd be able to see a lot of the musicals otherwise. So I'm more keen for the guy who wrote Hamilton, Lin-Manuel Miranda's musicals, to be adapted to the screen. But I think they should actually be recording the original performances so they're able to be accessed in the future. Mm. Because even if the musical comes here, then it's, it's not the original cast doing it. And there's, there's just this impermanence to musicals formed on stage that I feel is exclusionary in a way. You've lost me. There's a limitation of access to this form of art. And I suppose that's true about a lot of things. But in general, if for paintings and stuff, you can go on the internet and find images of artists' work and their catalogue. And it'd be nice if there was some similar thing for musicals. And the closest thing we're going to get, I think, is film adaptation. But I think when they're doing their first run, you know, they have success on that. They should really film one of their performances. So there's some preservation of the original cast beyond just an audio recording. Yeah, that's why I really like the DVD recordings or like whenever they, like some musicals have done this where they do an original recording and then release it as a DVD. I feel like that should be standard practice rather than a rarity. Yeah, I would probably buy a lot of them. <laughs> I would also, just to like try it out and see what I'd like. I'd probably be more interested in musicals that way. Yeah, or if you just, you're at the theatre, you've just seen a musical, and then you go to the gift shop, and then there's a DVD there, then I probably would buy it at that point. Something for Broadway to consider, maybe. I'm sure they're listening very closely right now to our suggestions. anyway i think that covers us with cats i think so all right so that pretty much sums up our thoughts on the star wars trailer the sonic trailer and the cats trailer sounds like uh, movies that we're gonna see at one point or another maybe on streaming star wars definitely in cinema just because it's the last one not the last star wars movie it's not gonna be the last one the last of this trilogy, and it's kind of a capstone for the the, the main trilogy series. If that makes Unfortunately, sense. yeah, I don't know if I consider this canon because it does retcon a lot of that. But does it? I think being the first trilogy that Disney puts out is kind of gonna set the tone for the next trilogies that they put out. Yeah, I don't know. I hope they get better at making Star Wars movies. Oh, me too. They didn't have a lot of wins in that column, so. Hope you enjoyed this episode and join us next time on Critically Casual with John and Nell. Nell and John. We've got to get the order right. Is there an order? I don't know. I mean, it's on the album cover as John and Nell. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? I'm okay with it being out of order. <laughs> we can switch it up. <laughs> we need to keep it casual. Yeah. What would be critical? And look, I think the last Jedi really deemed the um, prequel trilogy. I don't think that's a good thing, but, you know, we'll talk about that another Hello? Nelson.
time. No, but uh, so... yeah, do any of the what? Damn it! Oh, you cut out. So I was doing a Wilson bit. Um, but, uh, what were you, what so were you saying? I don't know where where it stopped. But um, what was I saying? You, you were talking about uh, the next hope two. Uh, the next new hope two, and it is Andrew, by the way. Don't know. Is there an iOS? So many musical. Yeah, Andrew Lloyd Webber. I was right. Okay, that tells me nothing. Uh, you don't know Andrew Lloyd? Andrew. How am I screwing up his name so much? Andrew Lloyd Webber. It sounds like you also don't know him. 